All right, welcome to the program, ladies and gentlemen. We hope you had a great weekend. We start off a new podcast week. Steve and Jimmy back again, schmoozing it up with another week of Ottawa sports talk and fun. James, how was the weekend? Uh, Stevie, the weekend was fine. Fine. It was kind of nice. And now I'm uh, I'm preparing for Mother's Day. There. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> That's about the time it takes me to do that. That's nice. Yeah, That's isn't every nice. day Mother's Day, Stevie? All right. Let's jump in today. Um, let's do that. Yeah. We got lots to get to. The one that grabs me because I'm a Green Bay Packers fan is this whole Aaron Rodgers thing. Uh-huh. And, uh, well, for those who missed it, in case you've been living under a rock, in case you aren't a sports fan at all. Give us the backstory. There is a backstory. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers does not want to return to the Green Bay Packers, according to sources. Adam Schefter, uh, ESPN senior writer, was the guy who came up with that, just leading up to the NFL draft on Thursday. And, uh, yeah, that's apparently what he told them. The Packers are aware of his feelings concerned about them, and have had team president Mark Murphy, GM Brian Gutekunst, and head coach Matt LaFleur each fly out on separate trips to meet with Aaron Rodgers at various points in this offseason. And uh, yeah, he basically allegedly has said this. And and just the fact, I was hoping for, okay, this might be one of these media-driven things. Just the Mm -hmm. fact that we haven't heard from Aaron Rodgers in the three days, four days now since this story broke leads me to think that, yeah, there's something to this because if he really wants to stay in green Bay and this is all hooey, he would have said something by now. All right. I got to be a bit of a Tom Brady effect. Don't you think that, that what, what Brady did broke away from, you know, a, a, an unbelievable storied franchise. Okay. In the Patriots, mm-hmm. green Bay, same deal, Stevie. Okay. They've, they've done okay over the last 20 years. Right. Yep. With, with you know, with with a great football team, uh, and 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 we all know what Brady did, went to Tampa. How'd that go? Fantastic. Right? I'm sure that plays into it. I mean, yeah. that, that's, so he might that's... be thinking, I, I want to do the same thing. I, I I guess you know, I, I guess. Well, I think the biggest thing that people are pointing to is the fact that last year at the draft, exactly this time last year, they went ahead and you know used a first rounder, and not only first they traded up in the first round to draft a quarterback. And so some wondered if that was, okay, is he going to take that Aaron Rodgers? Is he going to take that as a sign that his days in green Bay could be numbered? Right. And I guess my, my question there would be, where's all this dialogue been? If Rodgers is truly annoyed by that exclusively, and, and maybe that is the case, I'm not saying it's not, but why is it coming to a head now? And I think that your point about the Tom Brady effect, the combination of those two things maybe at the top of the list as to maybe why he's asking to get out. Yeah, and, and listen, both sides, okay? The, the ownership of Green Bay and management is on one, you know, one side of this thing, and Aaron Rodgers is on the other side, you know? When, when you have such a great career on one team, it, you know, let, let's... Obviously, Steve, it's, we, we're going to look at it sometime, Aaron, right? You can't play forever, Okay. So let's start to think about that. And, and what should we do? Let's all sit down together and come up with a, you know, a, a good way to do this, right? Mm-hmm. At some point, let's just, let's just talk it out, you know? Yeah, and I think um, Rogers gets that because he just did that to Brett Favre. As Brett Favre entered, or as, as he entered the league, Aaron Rodgers, Brett Favre 
was still, he was around Aaron Rodgers' age, I think, and uh, and still had some good years left in front of him. But the Packers decided, okay, let's pass the baton, pass the torch to Rodgers, and they moved on from Brett Favre. So Rodgers gets it. It's mm-hmm. yeah, the, you know, the circle of life and all that stuff. Right. But what the problem was is that the Green Bay Packers did not let him know that that was their plan, that they were coveting a, a, a quarterback in the first round that badly that they'd trade up to get him. And uh, so I think that's part of what, if they had made him more a part of that discussion and the GM of the team has already said, yeah, I made a mistake by not making him part of that discussion. Right. Uh, but uh, had he done so, maybe Rogers feels differently. Now, is he, is he, is he grabbable Rogers or our team's going, here we go. Let's, let's get him. Or is he too old? Is he, yeah, is he as good as Brady and, you know, in his twilight years here? Or, yeah, or I, mean, he's, I mean, Brady just won a Super Bowl at 43, and Aaron Rodgers is six years young, younger at 37. So, yeah, he's he's going to be wanted by everybody because it's that's the NFL in a nutshell. I mean, you, you need great defense, obviously. That's huge. But first and foremost, you need a quarterback. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is one of the golden tickets out there. Right. I'd say it's like it's like and using that Charlie and the Chocolate Factory reference, if we make the Chocolate Factory the NFL and the Super Bowl, um, you're not getting into the into the Super Bowl without one of the golden tickets. It's right. just not gonna happen for you. And Aaron Rodgers, I mean, to me, if I'm running the Green Bay Packers, if you put me in charge of everything, I'm picking off one at a time every single employee on that team that has offended Aaron Rodgers, or have a conversation with Aaron Rodgers and say, What do you need us to do to make you happy? Because we're going to do that. It's kind. Of, it's kind of like looking after your, uh, you know, your your lead actor in a in a hit movie, mm-hmm. right? Like when when Jack Nicholson comes in, you know, this guy's the nuts. So you're right. It's like okay, let's have a quick meeting here with Jack and make sure nobody pisses him off. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah, we keep him happy. Uh, so I agree with that. I, I agree with that. I I just wasn't sure whether he was. Everyone would be lining up to get them. So, oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think only okay. the Kansas City Chiefs and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, even the Buccaneers, would probably do something at this stage. I mean, Brady. By the time we have our first uh, NFL game, will be forty-four. I mean, he's a freak, right? Uh, but it's going to come to an end any day now. Effectively, it's going to just like run into a wall. But who knows? Who knows yeah. for sure? But I'm pretty sure they'd take Aaron Rodgers right now over Tom Brady. So Aaron Rodgers knows what he's doing then. Oh, of you course know? he does. Yeah. Right. I mean, he knows what he's worth. He, he he knows how much he has left in the tank. He knows he's one of those golden ticket quarterbacks. And if if the Packers have decided they're in the headspace of, hey, we're going to look to the future, or they're going to try and nickel and dime Aaron Rodgers like he's some scrub, well, maybe he'll just go somewhere where someone's thrilled to have him for the next four or five years. And and quite frankly, that's uh, most NFL teams i'd say Uh, we'll take a time out of the program when we come back uh, we'll talk a little bit about brady kachuk and his uh, contract extension Uh, what is that likely to look at both in terms of money and term we'll be joined by greg kennedy from the sends nation podcast after these words everyone knows that to get the best price on home and auto insurance you have to shop around but who really wants to do that with access to all kinds of insurance markets not only can i get you the best price but I'll also make sure that you get full value for your money. Call me. I'm Jared Gerard, All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Do you love pizza? Well, you need to check out Pico. It's made so fast right in front of you with only the best, freshest ingredients 
Create your own Pico masterpiece or choose from one of their incredible chef-inspired variations. Pico, a totally fresh, delicious, innovative take on pizza. Order online or drop into Pico today at 236 Richmond Road or 170 Metcalf. Pico.ca, that's pi-co.ca. Jim K. Ford is a full-service commercial and fleet dealership. They supply companies in the Ottawa area with work trucks of all shapes, sizes, and functionalities, from a small delivery van right up to the big F-750. So whether you're in towing, landscaping, or deliveries, or any job at all where you need a big truck, Jim K. Ford is here to help you with the right truck for your needs. JimKFord.com, 1438, Uville Drive in Orleans. All right, with the Sens officially eliminated, that means Brady Kachuk is down to the final days of his entry-level contract with the Sens. Kachuk was eligible to sign an extension at any point this season. That goes back to October, but it didn't happen. And now, here in the last few days, I'm seeing more and more media writing and talking about this, fans on Twitter talking about it. He's the next captain of the Ottawa Senators. He drags the team into the fight, leads by example, so... I mean, what is money and term going to look like for this guy? And I'm even seeing people suggesting he could get $10 million a year. Greg is here again from Sens Nation Podcast. And Greg, where are you with Brady Kachuk? Well, all of what you just said about the, the, the $10 million and, and the love and all that, that's, that's a bargaining chip. Like, that's something in his, in his pro column when it comes to negotiating a contract, he could, uh, I think generally speaking, we think that anybody leaving Ottawa is going to get more money by going somewhere else. This may be the first guy in a while who could get more money by staying because of the value that he brings to the market, the the sort of position historically that the senators are in with not being able to close deals with guys. Uh, Brady Kachuk could almost ask for $10 million well, he he could ask for whatever he wants, but he could certainly ask for and may even get something close to that number because of everything that's gone on historically with free agents in this town before. Yeah. I mean, if he gets anywhere from eight to ten million dollars a year, um, I'm assuming it'll be in an eight year scenario, then I think you can go ahead and put ownership discussion away. But if it comes in like at a four or a five year contract, I think the I will anyway, uh, and I'm sure much of the fan base will look at that as in, okay, uh, we're looking bridge here. We're looking <laughs> at a guy that really um, is feeling like he didn't get a fair shake. I mean, he's got to get what Thomas Shabbat got, right? Yes. Yeah, that that's a given. Um, but let's not read – you can't read too much into what ends up getting signed because, again, it's going to come down to what Brady wants. And if Brady wants a bridge deal, then he's going to – he'll hold out and wait as long as he has to and negotiate hard to get himself a bridge deal. Um, it, it, it will speak volumes. If he signs that eight or nine year deal, then okay, we know that both sides are in agreement that, yeah, you're our guy and you're here for eight years. But if it's a bridge deal, it's not necessarily that the senators weren't willing to pay so much over eight years. It may just be that Brady Kachuk's camp said we only want a three or four year deal. And what would you read into that? Would you read into that, okay, the guy does not want to be here long-term, he wants to go somewhere else, or do we read into it that maybe he's in a scenario where I feel like I'll be that much better a player in three to five years that I'll be able to really cash in? Yeah, that's uh, that would be my thought, that yes, he, is, he would sign a bridge deal because he wants to get big bucks 
even bigger than what he's getting now. Because don't forget COVID salary cap issues. Revenue is not great or revenue is non-existent. So it it makes sense for the player. Like if we were talking about somebody else in another market, we'd be sitting here saying, well, of course, yeah, he should only really sign a, a two-year deal or a three-year deal, right? It makes sense. Moving right along. Yeah. Looks like uh, we've got yet another name to throw into the Sens <laughs> goaltending mix. It really is starting to look like an embarrassment of riches. Uh, nobody's proven just yet, with the exception of Matt Murray, who has a couple of Stanley Cup rings in his back pocket, but still kind of working his back his way back to uh, where he once was. But it just seems like everybody they fire in the net looks pretty damn good. And here comes Mad Sogard. There's a guy they picked up a couple of years ago in the second round, traded up to get him in that second round. And uh, he made his pro debut this weekend, or at least his North American pro debut, going 2-0 and in Belleville. And he was the first star today here as we record this. Uh, in a win over Toronto. So it, it really does kind of further complicate the Sens goaltending picture, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, you said it. It's a it's a wealth of riches. And uh, I can't, it's going to be interesting to see. Now, he he won't be factoring in on it. But we've talked about this a few times now with the, who's going to get protected, who's going to be exposed come uh, come the summer and the uh, and the expansion draft for Seattle. But not only that, these are chips that can be used for trading. Let's not lose sight of that, too. If all these guys are developing and playing well, be it a Gustafson or a Decord or now a Matt Sogard, there's, these are chips that can be used in trades. So um, it, it, it's going to be uh, interesting to watch down the stretch here and through the summer and over the course of the next couple of years when we get into the unparalleled success and the Senators are buyers at the trade deadline. And when you're a buyer, that means you're, you're giving up some sort of a young prospect so there's a lot of pieces and a lot of parts here. Every time they acquired a draft pick, that's that's another player that's either going to play for you or hopefully is a, is a future uh, a trade bait at some point. Yeah. It's certainly a case of uh, if they do lose a goalie, uh, I'm not really not going to lose a lot of sleep over it, to be honest, because uh, <laughs> there's lots of options here. And uh, I don't know that any of these goaltenders are necessarily what Ron Francis is looking for. Matt Murray, well, he the jury's still out. He has a, had, had a nice run. He's, he's showing to be injury-prone this year, if, if you want to be honest about it. Um, and we're not sure exactly uh, if he's fully got his game back. He wanted a nice run there before he got hurt, but he also had a terrible start to the year. Is he back? I'm not sure Ron Francis would be 100% confident about that based on the numbers that he's put up this year. And to pay him when, when he's not sure about the player, and there's lots of other goalies around the league too, the Sens have um, so many unproven young guys. I don't think I'd want to roll the bones on that either. So I'm not sure Seattle is even going to come calling for one of Ottawa's goalies. The one guy I'd probably, if I had to, and I've mentioned this in, in previous episodes, I just have a feeling, a gut instinct about uh, Philip Gustafson. But uh, honestly, if, even if they lost him, I wouldn't lose a, much sleep over it at all. It's the nature of expansion drafts. You're going to lose somebody that's an asset. Uh, it's just about trying to mitigate that loss yeah exactly and and with the way the rules are uh, who and what you can lose depending on what forwards are available maybe somebody does take a goaltender you know maybe it is somebody maybe um seattle does take a goaltender because they perceive the goaltenders having a higher upside than whichever forward or whichever defenseman they're looking at so that 
it, it you don't know the inner workings of of how Ron Francis is gonna is gonna be attacking things when he looks at each team's list of eligible players. Yeah, no question. It's a uh... It's going to be interesting, but certainly Mad Sogard is another neat asset to have. Uh, boy, he's, he's big in the net. Looks like he's really athletic in there. And uh, yeah, Belleville was pleased to see him roll in and go 2-0 and on the weekend. First star today, as mentioned. And uh, yeah, there's obviously some pretty decent depth there as the Sens yeah, move forward into their rebuild. But you just said it big. My God, he's another six foot seven guy. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. which one is it? Is it Nielsen? who just who left uh, this year with the concussion was he the one that was six seven or is it hogberg that's six seven um like, i'm, not sure, I'm not sure either of them are that <laughs> tall but I, I know ben bishop was in and around that height oh god yeah but he, he, one of one of the uh, nielsen or hogberg is is like that big too it's crazy yeah how big these darn goalies are nowadays i was watching and we're going to talk a little bit about this now uh in that uh our beloved uh toronto maple leafs and i use the Term beloved as sarcastically as you'd expect. <laughs> uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs won their last cup on this day as we record this back in 1967. Uh, and I was just, you know, looking at that. And it, I mean, it looked like it was filmed on the moon, black and white <laughs> and grainy and nobody wearing helmets. Their, their, their skulls were being protected by Brill Cream, Greg. And uh, oh, Brill Cream is like an old school gel, hair gel, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Got to be. <laughs> A little dabble, do you? Anyway. The Leafs won their last cup on this date in 67, and the opposing goalie that night was Gump Worsley. And watching him lurching around in the net, looking like he's about five foot one, I don't know that <laughs> there's any was. Yeah, and, and just in no mask and uh, just covering no net whatsoever, the small, smaller goalie equipment. Like I got to thinking, Connor McDavid would score a thousand goals in 1967. Well, so would so would uh, what Jimmy Pappen got the winning goal that day. If you gave him Connor McDavid's stick and Connor McDavid's uh, workout regimen, uh, he would score that many goals in that time frame too. <laughs> Jimmy Pappen. everything has progressed. Yes, yes, Jimmy Pappen scored the winning goal for the Leafs that uh, a Stanley Cup winning goal that day. But I'm certain you're not comparing Jimmy Pappen to Connor <laughs> McDavid. No, I'm just trying. I'm, I'm just trying to say that that yes, today's player would do really well back then. But today's player has so much more going on than just the fact that the goalie sucked back then, right? Yeah. Like right. If, if the, the, the what's the old joke? Rocket Richard one day in the in the 80s or something when Mike Bossy was hunting down his records and they were saying, look, he just scored 50 and 50 in the Rocket. They said to the Rocket, like, how many goals do you think you could score today's NHL? And the Rocket said, oh, oh I'd probably still get 50. And the guy <laughs> said, really? And the Rocket said, well, I am 65. <laughs> the advances in equipment and off-ice training and, and physical fitness and diet and nutrition and all that stuff, yeah, you're, you're a, a standard plugger in today's NHL yeah. would, would look like a stud back then. Well, to quote when the Hanson brothers uh, were all thinking, old-time hockey? Uh, we're all thinking about that right now because it looks like we're headed, inevitably, for a Toronto-Montreal first-round playoff series. And do you know how many times Toronto and Montreal, you know, the great rivalry that they are, have actually met since that 1967 Toronto Cup win over Montreal that day? Do you know how many, how many series they've had since then? I can remember one that was in the 70s because I remember I think Cam Connor scored an OT winner in that series for Montreal, and I'm willing to wager that that's the only time. There were two. There were back-to-backers 
Uh, Montreal okay. swept Toronto two straight years. I think it was 78 and 79. Yeah. And uh, that is it. That is the only time they have met twice since uh, 1967. So it's going to be pretty neat. It oh, looks like cool. uh, almost certainly it looks like that's going to happen, uh, barring anything unforeseen. And uh, so what do you think? Are you, are you fired up about something like that? Yeah, because unlike you, I don't hate the Leafs. I uh, I spent uh, my first uh, formative seven or eight, nine years in Toronto. I was a Leaf fan as a youngster. Sorry about that. Listeners. That's all right. That's all right. Um, but, uh, I, and of course, I went to school in Toronto when I originally started working in Toronto. So the Leafs were the team. So I lived in Toronto. You know, you watch the Leafs. So I still have a soft spot for them. And, and I'm sorry to say this, Steve, but I'd be okay if they won a cup. I think that would be pretty cool in our lifetime. Well, although it's happened in our lifetime, we don't remember it. But I think it would be pretty cool to see that happen. I don't think they're going to, but I guess the point of this is I hate the Montreal Canadiens. As much as you hate the Habs, or the least, I hate the Habs. Just going through my uh, going through my phone book here for possible co-host replacements. Here. <laughs> <laughs> no, I yeah. do re- I do resent your lack of hatred for the Leafs, but that's okay. Um, I'm actually the opposite. Um, I can I, I, Montreal. I mean that whole Montreal Ottawa rivalry when Hab fans. You know, sure. just spill into the Ottawa rink, the Canadian Tire Center. That's that bugs me. But I, I grew up a Hab fan, uh, so exactly. You you grew up in Ottawa, and they were, uh, for all intents and purposes, they were the home team. So you were a Hab fan. I I came from Toronto, where I was a Leaf fan. Came to Ottawa, and suddenly I couldn't watch the Leafs anymore. I kept getting Dicker and a Danny Gallivan and the Habs every night, and I hated them because I couldn't see my Leafs anymore. So, and I I still hate them to this day. Yeah, I mean, until uh, until you started getting, I mean, Vancouver, I don't know, until uh, until we got into the 80s, the Vancouver Canucks were just, a, I don't know, they might as well have been an expansion team for 10 years. I, just, I, I had no thought about them whatsoever. So yeah. really, it was basically, you know, Toronto, Montreal, and, you know, 95% of hockey fans, uh, you know, prior to the Ottawa Senators arriving would probably be one or the other. One or the other, exactly. So... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think it's uh, besides. I think Montreal Boston would be the one playoff series I like maybe more. But who knows, Scott? It's been over 40 years since we saw a Toronto Montreal first round series or any kind of playoff series. So I am yep. looking forward to that. Uh, if there's going to be a series that does not involve the Sens that I'd like to see, that would be right near the top for sure. Yeah, and and, and Montreal Boston doesn't have the same pull that it that it had. Uh, maybe I'm showing my age, but the you know the '70s and '80s, the '70s battles of Montreal and Boston with with Don Cherry there in the '80s when it was Adams Division series Montreal Boston, it had that pull. Uh, but I, I does it anymore? Like Toronto Boston Boston Toronto is a bigger thing now than yeah. Boston Montreal. I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Down four one in the third in Game Seven. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, it's just a shame. <laughs> just a shame. But it does bring up an interesting topic. It's a season like we've never seen before. We're down to the dying days. And my prediction at the start was I was so pumped about this North Division, all Canadian. I was thinking, and, and not just that it's all Canadian, but it, playing each other as frequently as they did, nine and ten, ten times every single opponent and nobody from outside the division, that was going to lead to such animosity and ferocity of play. It would be, It's going to be unbelievable. I was dead wrong. At least in my opinion of the season I just watched, 
I don't think it was any more ferocious than any other season. In fact, I was finding it a bit tedious seeing Calgary and Vancouver keep coming to town or the Sens taking them on. Uh, so I don't know. What did you think of the season that was? Did you think it added anything in terms of the rivalries that exist? No, I don't think it did at all. And I'm out here in Edmonton, like they're sorry, north of Edmonton, um, Edmonton, Calgary, like the Battle of Alberta. Meh, nothing really came of that. Um, you know, the, maybe we're going to get Toronto, Montreal. It might be something in the playoffs, but no, I think that the the lack of ferocity uh, is is due to the schedule, that this condensed schedule. Yeah, like if they were playing only each other in a regular season with the games a little more spread out, then yeah, it might carry a little more and things would build. But in this case, it seemed like with the baseball style, play three games in five nights or four nights sometimes. And the fact that it's so condensed, teams are tired. Uh, it just didn't, it didn't materialize the way that maybe we were hoping it would. Right, exactly. Okay, we'll take a time out on the program. Greg, thanks for jumping on with us. You can hear more from Greg with myself on the Sens Nation podcast. The latest episode uh, is available at sensnationhockey.com. We hope you can check that out at some point. We'll take a time out. Back with more after this. Do you find shopping around for insurance a time-consuming hassle? I'm Josh from All Insurance Ontario. Send me a text and let me take it from there. You'll be surprised at how easy it can be. 613-860-6008. All Insurance Ontario, your modern boutique broker. Gotta say I've become a big fan of the Jim K. Ford Lincoln app. It saves me both time and money. Stay up to date on their inventory specials and sales events. Book your service and maintenance appointments. Get roadside service. Even earn money for every referral that leads to a sale. It's seriously cool. And just another reason why I'm a Jim K. Ford customer. Download their app today and check out JimKFord.com. If you love pizza, then you need to check out Pico. It's a place where authentic, custom-crafted, Neapolitan-style pizza can be fired up in just 90 seconds for you and enjoyed without a reservation or 20% gratuity. A place where quick and easy could actually mean fresh, healthy, and high quality. Oh, so delicious as well. Pico. Order online or drop into Pico today, 236 Richmond Road, 170 Metcalf, or 305 Rideau. And based on the latest stats, the Ottawa residential home market is up 36% from last year, with an average sale price of $758,000. Are you curious to know what your home is worth? Stop wondering. Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today for a free no-obligation estimate. You'll be shocked to learn what you could get for your home and what similar homes are going for in this market. Call the Glen Walton Real Estate Team today at glenwalton.com. Hey, welcome back. Our final moments on the show. And by the way, Jimmy had some technical issues today, so apologies for that. Only on for the first part. Now, one of my favorite moments of the NFL draft was Arizona's first-round selection of Zayvon Collins. And most of the time, these phone calls that NFL GMs make to the player right before they're selected, usually they range from, well, boring to pretty good. But Zayvon Collins and his family and friends taking the call from Steve Kine, the GM of the Cardinals. That was probably my favorite in the first round, really showcasing the emotion that goes into the realization of a dream. Here we go. Let's roll. Hello. Zavin. Steve Kine. Steve, how's it going? Good, man. You got some dogs in the background? What do you got going on there? Steve, how's it going? 
Stop, stop, stop. I didn't tell you I was picking you yet, man. Tell him to calm down a little bit. Oh, my God. <laughs> All my family's here. You ready to roll? Steve, we're going to kill everyone. <laughs> we're going to kill everyone. <laughs> I like it. I like it, man. Keep that mentality. And we're going to get a Super Bowl ring so big on our on our fingers that a show dog wouldn't be able to jump over it. It's kind of an odd reference. So big a show dog couldn't even jump over it. Wow. I think there's stuff out there that can jump higher than show dogs. Anyway, a very nice moment for a young football player. With that, we'll call it a day. Don't forget, we love your feedback. Outlook.com is our email address. The website is stevewproject.com. All our contact info is there. And you can help the show grow by sharing a link with your friends you think might enjoy the program. Jimmy's back tomorrow in his entirety. Again, apologies for the technical difficulties there, but we'll get it going again tomorrow. Have a great day, and we'll talk to you next time.